We were going to set off as a company of three. But apparently, Jack Tripper was not, uh, was too busy to show up. Suzanne Summers had a date. I know. Come and knock on our door. We've been waiting for you. No, but seriously, we we, we were going to have a guest today. Right. But it didn't happen. Nope. Whatever. One day people will be clamoring to be guests on our show. Yeah, then they'll be sorry. Shall we talk about uh, relevant matters? I, I must admit that I was wrong. Like I always assume that Gandalf, because it happens in 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 um, the Ralph Bakshi's Lord of the Rings, and it happens in uh, what do you call it in in Jackson's Lord of the Rings, and like I've it's been a minute since I've read this that Gandalf just took right right off. Once you know, like, here's this evil ring. So uh, later, <laughs> you know what I'm oh, saying. Oh right. But no, he hung out. He hung out. He was like there, and he was like, like "When are you gonna leave?" I mean, and he wasn't leaving. He was gonna. He was staying with Frodo, and then he reluctantly left. Because we've been talking in recent weeks about, well, why didn't Gandalf just urge him to leave quicker? Uh, because when the ring's importance came into focus then we as readers are like, well, you better get out of there quick. And what, what are you waiting around for? And what we were describing in the last few weeks is that kind of seemed like they were just taking their own sweet time. But yeah. he, even here in the very first few paragraphs of Three's Company, Gandalf is like, he's he acts like taking time is actually part of his strategy in the sense that, you know, you mustn't vanish you have to kind of ease your way out of this situation. Otherwise, people are just going to talk. People are going to be like, where the hell did Frodo go? But if they kind of, they kind of like weave into the public gossip in Hobbiton, like, oh, everyone knows that, you know, Frodo's just going to buy a new house in Crick Hollow or, you know, going to go back yeah. to his relatives um, in, in Brandy, in the, over by the Brandywine, you know, yeah. the Brandy Bucks. In Buckland. In Buckland, right. Um, so he had to get like a, a story that made sense that didn't get people talking. So that yeah, kind yeah. of, it was like, okay, so I see why, you know, you're not just going to get up and be like, ah, I got to get out of here and start rubbing. Later, you know? come on. <laughs> <laughs> get me out of this place. Oh my God, give me your luggage. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, um, but that's like you say. That, but the first thing is like he, uh, Gandalf was with him for like three weeks. I think Gandalf had every intention. I mean, near Tolkien had Gandalf have every intention of staying with Frodo. You know, of, and just of, like, like escorting him all the way to Rivendell. Yeah, I mean, like he le- He didn't leave. Like he left because he heard disturbing things. Like he had to go going to in the south. Stuff. Yeah. 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 Because he. Because he. I think he fully intended to to travel with Frodo. You know. Right. Like, when he goes to the south, like, it doesn't describe it yet in Three's Company, like, what Gandalf actually finds. And it only describes that he's not there. He's absent. He's, like, and Frodo's, like, waiting for him. Misses his birthday party. Oh, no, like, the, the, like, the, it's, like, the, uh, again, I can't, you know, I mean, not to to paraphrase. It's, like, oh, I've heard disturbing, you know, rumors, whatever. I've got to take off. I should be back. You know, by the latest at your birthday. I mean, he had to take off, but he was—he he, was—he had every intention of coming back. 
Because then Gan- Frodo was like, well, you missed it, so I'm going to take off. We'll beat you up, you know. We'll right. meet you. Yeah, so the whole idea. That, but that, he doesn't Gan- meet them. He doesn't. Well, I mean, that's because he got, he, you know, unbeknownst to us, he's in he's in uh, Isengard right now trying to uh, get right. up the tower. Right, you know? and all this stuff he reveals in Rivendell. Yeah. Because of the Jackson movies, because of the backsheet cartoons, because of all this stuff, I'm thinking that Gandalf, like right after, uh, um, you know, Shadows of the Past, right, was like, oh, Frodo, you got this ring, so later. <laughs> you know what I'm <laughs> right, saying? Right, like, right, right. He just took off. Um, but he uh, he didn't. He hung out. I mean, I, like like if you can see like the first line of this uh, of of three's company, which is what we're discussing now, is that uh, two or three weeks have passed and uh, Gandalf was still there. Uh, you had every intention of staying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the whole idea is to kind of juggle these two. Confl- I mean, that's just a sign of good writing, where you have a problem. And the characters themselves seem conflicted, and they discuss the the pros and cons of taking different choices. Right, right. right. And they and that makes the action believable. Like, okay, I want you to go soon, but not instantly, because instantly means vanish, and vanish yeah, means yeah. gossip. So yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, they're, they're trying to strategize. And I think also too that that, that what they're trying to do is like slip off to Crick Hollow, you know, this little house. Uh, and keep up, like you know, keep up appearances, you know, so to speak. So, yeah, right, right. Buy a house, keep up appearances, sell the old one. That takes time. Um, but also, like, not only does you know, there's that tactical reason to hang out and not leave in a huff or in a hurry. Yeah. But then, to make it like more human or to humanize when i say human i don't mean like non-hobbit i just mean like to make something more like um emotionally you're more emotionally invested in something so everything's not just well what is the best strategy you know in some you know chess game um but for for um frodo like tolkien takes the opportunity to kind of humanize frodo in the sense that you know, you see him become reluctant to take this, knowing that he has to abandon um, Bag End. That's kind of what you do when you know you're going to have to leave your, you know, that's what you assume you would do if you knew you were going to leave the place you loved for so, and lived for so long. Um, then it says right here that Bag End seemed a more desirable residence than it had for years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he wanted to savor as much as he could of his last summer in the Shire. So like the Shire, Bag End, all the all his all the things that were familiar to him, you know, he Tolkien depicted Frodo as like savoring those moments and like not just not in a hurry to leave them. So that's another thing keeping him from up and going. You know what I mean? And in yeah. a less tactical but a more like personal or emotional uh, attachment or reason. So. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And uh, like Frodo, like now, but Frodo has this evil, the, the, the most evilest of objects. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Don't touch it. Don't touch it. It's evil. Um, but you know what I'm saying? So it's like already he knows like the, the gravity of, of, of the situation. But I feel kind of like a broken record because 
these last few episodes, I keep talking about something that I keep noticing. And, <laughs> no, no, no. Um, I, no, I don't want to talk about uh, Rings of Power. But, <laughs> but what I have noticed, and I've discussed several times, not to bore the audience again, but, you know, I've said this before, how this epic journey is starting, like small it's starting with the commonplace and it's starting like in the weeds with the gardener rather than in these high remote elven and you know the dealings of kings and dark lords and stuff um and three's company you know obviously i we're still there in the shire among the the common people hers hers and hers and his (laughs) (laughs) we're still there among the hers and hers and his See, most of the a lot of our listeners are in their twenties, and they probably don't get know what we're referring to. <laughs> Do we have listeners? <laughs> cool. <clears throat> yeah, our, our our main our main target demographic is like twenty five to thirty five or something like that. Is it really? Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna be like like dudes they're our like, age that are just like they're like I don't want to grow up. <laughs> what have you done with my Lord of the Rings? Anyway, anyway, but. Um, <laughs> You know, there's, again, this kind of weird pettiness and, uh, you know, like where Frodo has that ongoing spat with uh, Lobelia Sackville Baggins that she like, he like, he has his party and he leaves, he leaves Baggins kind of a wreck for her. Like, I'm going to thrash the place. He's going to thrash his hotel room, you know, or, you know, Baggins is like... (laughs) Obelia, <laughs> you could you F clean you. it. You clean it up. It's your place now. You know what I mean. But it's kind of like yeah. it's funny. Like those kinds of details were surprising because you know even Peter Jackson's movie, which I really liked, um, you know, it depicts Frodo as a little bit of a like a a pure a, a pure of heart person without many personal flaws or any personal flaws. Right, right. This this Frodo is actually more relatable and more down to earth, and a little bit more petty. Like, oh, he wants to get revenge on his, these annoying neighbors, and yeah. he's one to steal mushrooms, and he's like, you know, he's not a perfect person. Right, right. And maybe you know, maybe one someone in the comments will chime in and be like, oh no, Peter Jackson mentioned that he's a rap scallion. Elijah Elijah Wood was, you know quite a rapscallion but uh, and maybe there were i don't remember but it, it, it list you know thinking back to that movie i was it, frodo did seem like this you know he's like frodo he's like perfect you know yeah um, kind of a more lovable version of galadriel <laughs> yeah I know. i'm gonna get no, hate um, mail for that yeah no actually i think like i said frodo if i mean that i think that is like actually though like if 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 there was like a Mary Sue in the Lord of the Rings, and I am not implying that. Frodo, what's the Mary Sue? What's the male version of a Mary Sue? I don't know. I mean, like, like he can kind of do anything. You know what I'm saying? Like Frodo seems like infallible. He always makes the right choice. It seems like maybe I don't know. He always makes the virtuous choice. Yes. Yeah. 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 You um, know, but but like he like um, you know, Sam can be mistaken. You know. Sam makes mistakes. Mary and Pippin make mistakes, you know. Right. And Frodo, like you said, he's like... Pippin is the most 
um, mistake-oriented, I think. And just as, as if he's, like, kind of the youngest and the most... Uh, the most carefree. He's like a teenager, you know, yeah. like a human teenager. Like, you know, he he kicks things into the hole in Casa Doom and stirs up a Balrog. Well, he woke he woke the orcs up, certainly. He learned, well, he woke... He, he stirred... Yeah. yeah, he's like... And then Gandalf's like, throw yourself in next time. You dumb son of a bitch! <laughs> And then he looked at the uh, Palantir and shit like that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But but I mean, again, like and, and Mary, Mary was probably like the, the most pragmatic out of I think all of them. You know, he was like the one that was most prepared. You know, Mary was kind of a kind of a badass. Like I, full disclosure, I, I read ahead to Conspiracy Unmasked. Yeah, and I'm like, wow, I, I forgot all about that. Yeah, but no, actually, Mary. Like, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, Mary was like the one that kind of like, uh, kind of had everything together. I mean, he they, yeah. they could get away at, at a moment's notice. They they were ready to go. I mean, you know, yeah, jumping ahead. He was uh, there in a pinch, and like, uh, you know, he's like a, a spy master. Yeah, and recruited yeah. Sam and Sam. Yeah, so it it the the, cons- the let me jump ahead and say one more thing about conspiracy yeah, yeah, yeah. unmasked. It like it um. It saved Tolkien for from having to show a boring scene where Frodo tells Mary, Sam, and Pippin everything we already know as readers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's like, oh, you already know all the stuff I'm having to go through with this ring thing, um, and and he did it in a clever way, which also gave Mary, Pippin, and Sam even a sense of themselves having agency and doing surprising things so that they're not always just reacting that they're yeah, actually engaged yeah. and like able to make decisions on their own and it, it was a surprising move and we'll get into that next time but right right, right. three's company here's the thing too about three's company again and and you had, you had mentioned like in an early conversation that uh that you don't know if it's day or night like what, what sometimes you know, sometimes yeah. it's not mentioned and and you forget but the one thing that did did kind of uh, um, make me kind of like, oh, damn, was uh, the first time the, uh, uh, the the Black Rider overtook uh, our, our little company of hobbits. Right. At, uh, you know, because it was daylight. They, they were talking, he was talking about daylight. You know, there wasn't like the stark, lonely kind of, you know. Right. Was it dusk or... I mean, it was it was it was still light out. I mean, the shadows yeah. were getting long. Um, before we get to the first Black Rider encounter, okay. can I can I just say a few things you, that you lead can. up to that? Sure, please. Yeah. So, um, so I keep repeating about how like small this journey starts, and when the journey actually starts, when they like leave, it's like they could be going. To the local store, like they're right, right. like it's not. There's no fanfare. It's not like the trumpets blew, blew and they gallantly rode through the triumphal arch, arch no, they, down they, they, down the <laughs> Champs Elysees to their victory march or to their a, a grand departure that was attended by the the people of the countryside who knew they were going to fight. The great wars of the age, or you know, it was did, nothing like that. Did you, did you did you write that, or was that from a book? That was pretty good. Hey, thanks. <laughs> um, no, it was. Um, it was like, 
they came to a a gate opening onto a narrow lane. Yeah, uh, and, and they and halted the and adjusted the, the straps too. on their packs. Yeah. Presently, Stan, Sam appeared, trotting quickly, breathing hard. His heavy pack was hoisted high on his shoulders, and they were just trying to like make a an a inconspicuous exit. And so, therefore, I, it was it was like totally inconspicuous. Right. It wasn't announced. It was just what. Something that's always stuck with me about Sam, too, is like when he came rolling up with his pack high, he had a felt bag on his head for a hat. For a hat, yeah. That, I think, kind of like one of those, um, like, oh, that's Sam's character. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, that that kind of set him up for, like, okay, here's like a, a, um, what what is it called? you, You know about all this stuff. Like, he has a hat on. He doesn't say, like, oh, he's wearing a hat because, you know, he's like a rube and he, you know, he doesn't have a hat. So, he need, you know, like, whatever, you know. But um, what is it called, man? <laughs> what? Well, like a term? Like a literary term? A literary term where, where like, like an example without, like, say, like, without saying that he's, like, you know, he's inexperienced or, or whatever. Oh, right. Like a symbol. I mean, yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, or, okay. The it's symbolic of, of, of the simpleton, the simple nature of Sam, that he would put a felt yeah. bag on his head, like a shapeless felt bag on his head and call it a hat. Right, you know but it I'm also saying? shows, like, kind of, in th- like, um, what's the, uh, like a novice, was- a novice enthusiasm. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. like, oh, I, I, I'm joining a band. It's my first day in this band, and I'm going to, I'm going to come wearing, like, Rose tinted circle sunglasses like John Lennon to band right. practice and bell bottoms and bell bottoms to band practice because then I'll be a re- then the, the, my new bandmates will see me and they'll know I'm I'm legit but yeah, actually you yeah, just um, end up looking foolish right right but the enthusiasm is there and it's kind of like oh this is what uh, this is what real adventurers wear they need a hat right you know? they, I mean, <laughs> exactly like he never wore a hat before but hey by golly I'm going on this adventure I'm going to see yeah. elves so I better wear my felt bag yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. no, it's it like, struck but, me too, and it did strike me too as like kind of like uh, like the 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 um not practical nature. I don't know if practical is like the right word, but like the improvisational nature of Sam. Yeah, where like okay, I don't have a hat, I'll use this because I mean that's kind of it. it I think it, it foreshadowed um, him being able to think on his feet, so to speak, in a very more direct, right. simple way. That's good, that yeah. Served, that served them better, like, as the story progresses. Yeah, totally. Cool. Right. Um, also, speaking of all that, there's that very telling moment where um, they talk about whose pack was light and whose pack was heavy. Yeah. And at first, Frodo jokingly says, I'm sure you've given me all the heaviest stuff. Because, you know, he's not used to going on these... Well, I mean, he takes occasional journeys, but, like... Right. I think he's just kind of ribbing Sam, but I don't think he was serious because it turns out Sam is perfectly willing to take more stuff, even though his bag's already heavy. You know what I mean? Right, right. And Pippin kind of ribs Frodo, which it's great to see this interplay. It's not like, oh, we... You know, Frodo's our leader. We must all worship Frodo. I love to see that, like... Like, the, the, the banter. Like the, there's the, a, there's the, some banter. So, like, first of all, Sam says, I could take more yet. My pack is my packet is quite light, said Sam, stoutly and untruthfully. Right. 
right. which means his pack was actually heavy and he was willing to take more. And we'll get back to the significance of that. Right. But Pippin then says, no, you don't, Sam. Pippin sticks up for Sam, right? So he's like, it's not all deference to Frodo. So Pippin sticks up for Sam. No, you don't, Sam. It's good for him, meaning it's good for Frodo. Frodo needs to learn that, you know, we're going on a journey and he needs to kind of build up his his uh, stamina or his his constitution a little bit. Yeah. You know, he needs some more constitution points. Um, right, right, right. Do, do a D&D reference for me here. Um, yeah, yeah, his constitution points, like, or uh, build up his strength. It's yeah. Like, there really isn't a It's really constitution. Okay, you know? so, yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's like, he needs to, like, work out, basically, and, like, heavy, yeah. heavy in heavy his packet so that right. he can uh be strong for the road although in all fairness like i like like my jam was uh D second edition so you know like those oh. those character sheets back then they might have a stamina now you know oh, so stamina. Many, like, right he needed to I mean, roll he needed to roll some stamina points Right, but again, I don't I don't remember there was like uh strength intelligence uh dexterity constitution charisma that's like kind of like the the five um, that I remember and wisdom yeah. and wisdom six, right? So it almost sounds like the scout oath. A scout right, is trustworthy, yeah, yeah. brave, loyal, helpful, friendly, courteous, that, kind, that was, obedient, again, cheerful, that, brave, that was second edition, reverent, which, something like that. Second edition D and D was kind of like where I started playing, and then kind of where I kind of ended playing. Every every time we go into a campaign, we always go back to like second edition because that's you know I'm frozen in time that way. So anyway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right, right. <laughs> but anyway, so g- getting back to this uh, interesting interplay here, kind of introducing Pippin, um, kind of like sticking up for Sam and ribbing Frodo just a little bit. And then yeah. Frodo says, be kind to a poor hobbit. I shall be thin as a willow wand. I'm sure like, you know, having to carry all this stuff. And I looked on a map and it's like, it's actually not as short as I thought it was. Um, right. r- walking from... First of all, Bree to Rivendell is like 350 miles. Wow, that's like uh, it's far from here to. LA. It's like almost a, It's almost like Vegas to Salt Lake. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's Bree to Rivendell, Hobbiton to Bree. Well, Hobbiton to um, Brandywine Bridge is like a good 50 miles there. So right. the whole thing is like um, it's not it's not short. It's short. No, it's, no, no. I He's, thought it was shorter. When I, the first time I read it, like, oh, the the, the Shire is just yeah. You a, thought it was like walking a, from here to Henderson or something. Like yeah, that. that you could just walk it from here to uh, you know Boulder City or, or here. Yeah. I'm I'm not in Vegas right now, but but you know, right. as, imagining we are um, from Vegas to Boulder City or something, which is just like twenty twenty eight miles away or something. So yeah, like you could, you could walk it in easy in an afternoon. Or it's kind of like walk, from walking here to Pahrump because Pahrump's or or Logandale. or Moapa Valley. Yeah, From Moapa Vegas Valley. to Moapa Valley is about yeah. 50, 50 miles. Yeah. Um, anyway, but for those not keen on Nevada geography, <laughs> um, just do your own. Just do your own yes. equivalencies in your own local, pick, in pick your own locale. Thing, Fifty miles from where you are, and imagine walking there. Yeah, I can probably do it in two days. Right, but then imagine, like I didn't do the the calculation, but it's at least five hundred miles between uh, the the Shire. Or um, Hobbiton and and Rivendell. It's a good it's a good hike. Okay, Brandywine Bridge to Bree, fifty miles, right there at the bottom of this page. Brandywine okay. Bridge to Bree, fifty miles. Okay. 
So uh, that's a hundred miles plus. So four hundred fifty miles to to ish. Yeah, four hundred fifty miles from wow. from Hobbiton to Rivendell. Wow, that's that's, that's, that's like that's walking from Vegas to Salt Lake City. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Could, yeah. That's 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 quite that, a ways. That's that's a ways. That in it, that in itself is an epic journey for a a, a not very well traveled Hobbit. Okay, so I was just talking a little bit about um, the relationship that's being described between Sam, Frodo, and Pippin. Yeah. And especially uh, Sam, who is like, feels like it's his job to take more of the burden uh, than is his, than is his, um, his share. And right away, like, this is starting to depict a relationship between Frodo and Sam in which Sam is like the pack horse or the, you yeah. know, he's like, he's like the servant of, of the higher born Frodo, which is a little bit, you know, hierarchical and, um, master servant kind of thing. But, but, uh, and you and I talked about this privately, but since it's kind of staring us in the face, I wanted to make a, um, a comment about the fact that this relationship between Frodo and Sam, Tolkien himself um, made reference to the fact that th- that it resembled the relationship he had between um, himself and his Batman, <laughs> which is a funny word, but um, Bat- the Batman was a kind of usually a less um, like someone a little bit lower on the socioeconomic ladder who in war like in world war one was assigned to help the higher officer with like you know just with the implement i don't i don't even know the words but like so anyway this is this is tolkien's own writing in a letter where he says my samwise is indeed as you note largely a reflection of the english soldier grafted on the village boys of early days the memory of the privates and my batman that i knew in night in the 1914 war and and recognized as so far superior to myself thank you again warmly or sincerely jr tolkien so he's saying that he so the batman was Usually, someone of a, of like lower on the social. That's not true. <laughs> I know Batman was a billionaire. He's a billionaire. <laughs> um, yeah, Batman's a billionaire. I know. I think I knew that. I don't know. Where, I don't know where he's get his info from. But uh, <laughs> I, I knew you were going to make a joke like that, <laughs> dude. I'm like, you don't know how hard. I was like, oh, like where can I go? Where can I go? Yes. <laughs> I'm Batman. Right. Was his name Bruce? By chance? <laughs> his name was Bruce Wayne. No, but anyway, so it's interesting because I just have to say, like, in a lot of, I don't want to get political, but in a lot of our, like, modern culture, it's become acceptable um, among certain people to um, make fun of, make fun of the working classes, you know, like, oh, they're just, they're like Trump voters or what, you know, they're, they're uneducated hicks and uh, yeah, yeah. whatever. But Tolkien, 
you can tell by the the reverence he has for the gaffer and kind of the the poor bumpkins of the shire and he sees them as like not just in touch with the earth but oh here's the thing like when they run into gildor yeah like sam almost seems more inclined to be touched by the elven like mystery or magic or or art artistic beauty the beauty of the elves yeah um because he says something about like if i could only i'm jumping ahead to gildor but like like he eats the apples they're apples and he's like wow if i could could only like uh, grow apples like this i'd be so happy so it's like call myself a gardener yeah right yeah but but then like he goes straight from like prizing his gardening to like to disc- uh, oh man! No, he said. He said, but but it, it's a song that I. It's, it's but, the singing that I took to right. heart. If you know what I'm saying, yeah, right? Like so the, here's this bumpkin who cares about like gardening, and agrarian pursuits is actually more inclined to appreciate the high and the the elevated of of art. Whereas, but, but I mean, into, if you think of, go ahead. If, if you think about it, though, I mean, like the the, the whole idea, like the, the the elves, like the elves were one with nature. I mean, you know, like right. That's the so thing. He, like, Tol- that's so interesting because Tolkien, like, he always puts so much emphasis on the natural world. Every time, you know, they even mock. Like, did you ever see the um the epic rap battles where George R R Martin fights J R R Tolkien? I have not, but. Oh, I, you I haven't. Well, George R.R. Martin in the epic rap battle, like, mocks Tolkien for, like, for describing every freaking leaf and blade of grass. Yeah. <laughs> like, as if, like, I, whereas I, George R.R. Martin's talking about, like, more raunchy body kind of right, things right. that, you know, if sex sells, like, a little bit more enticing uh, marketable stuff whereas Tolkien there's no there's no sex but it, he's talking about leaves and and flowering you know the f- he's yeah mu- but he, he's, I mean he goes into detail but he's like describing this the, I mean if anything Tolkien described food more than, than right in right detail, more than no no I, I don't think it's a problem I mean it's yeah, actually why so that's actually why Fellowship of the Ring is my favorite of the books because it's the most in that world of just pure appreciation of nature. Yeah, and he yeah. really describes, like, not only, you know, the beauty of nature, but the, I don't know, like, the elves and the hobbits, both, even even though one's kind of low and one's kind of high, like, they both appreciate nature. You know those bell curves where it's like the, the, the grug... No, but there's a meme where like the the grug guy and the genius agree with each other, and the midwit's yeah. the wrong one. So the grug guy, like a Sam, and the genius Gildor, are like in tune with nature. <laughs> I don't know. I, I have to say this. I'll I'll be sad if I don't. But okay. there's this moment. It's like it, if you blink, you'll miss it. But I always it always f- seems so touching uh, at the middle to bottom of page ninety four where the hobbits are like sleeping outside for the first time yeah. um, and they're just starting their journey and who should kind of creep on by but a fox mm-hmm. right a mere fox a lowly a lowly 
beast of the forest. And he sees the hobbits, and he's like, hobbits? Well, what's next? I have heard of strange doings in this land. It's not like he sees anything too unusual. Right, right. But I've seldom heard of a hobbit sleeping out of doors under a tree. Three of them. There's something mighty queer behind this. He was quite right, but he never found out any more about it. And, it, like, again, it seems like a fairly, you know, uh, inconsequential moment in Lord of the Rings. Nothing is known about the future that these three hobbits will have, even though we know or we expect, because we're reading this epic book, that they'll have these amazing adventures, these world-altering feats that they will accomplish. And here is like, just, I don't know why Tolkien chose to put this in here, but for some reason I really do appreciate like this, just a little creature wanders by and like, huh, I wonder what's going on with them. This, again, like this line, this whole, like this whole kind of like little descriptive paragraph kind of thing, right? About the fox. Again, I think Tolkien was finding his way around what kind of story this is going to be. Because this is very reminiscent of C with C.S. Lewis, like a fox kind of like, like a fox. A little with, bit. Um, or like even Wind in the Willows or something. I mean, it's very yeah. like... I never made that Wind of the Willows thing. I always like like um, yeah. uh, did the, uh, the uh, um, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe kind of yeah. stuff. Or like, Peter you know, Rabbit or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it's, it's uh, again, kind of a fairy tale kind yeah. of like... Um, like a child you know, story kind of from... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. This was like... Like, I think, like Victorian period or something, you know. Like, oh, Mr. Fox saw these three little beasts and uh, he twinkled his ears and, you know, went back into but his you, hole... But you know what this does uh, for me? Like for for me, this always like kind of put it squarely in the fairy story realm mm-hmm. in a weird way. Yeah, it's, it, and in, in a weird way, it's kind of comforting to read that because all of a sudden it's kind of like, oh, I, I don't know if that, that's weird. But no comfort, exactly. It's like the whole chapter is so cozy, and if literally this is just the kind of person I am. But if three's company come and knock on our door. Um, <laughs> If they just kept wandering around in circles in the Shire for the next six months, that would be funny. <laughs> and like you know, what I mean? like uh, speculative Tolkienism, but like yeah. wandering around the Shire, like you know, playing. Like, the, I'm not ready to leave the Shire just yet. <laughs> playing in the creeks and you know, know. stealing mushrooms. I wonder if I'll ever look at this creek again. Stealing the mushrooms and 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 putting a fish hook. You know, baiting fish hooks and going fishing for, you know, yeah. trout. Like all that cozy, cozy stuff is like, oh, I just want to live there, you know? It's very homey, you know, very you know, cozy. You know what this is, though, too? It's like, it's like a, it's a pretty stark contrast to when they're camping in the, uh, in, in the marshes, you know? Uh, it's metal, yeah. Um, you know when when Frodo's got you know when when they're trying to get away from the riders when they're heading towards like the in the midwater and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, well, um, it it starkly contrasts to so much that comes later. So that's why I think this they, he makes this very cozy, very warm, and very homey because when the reader goes forward and finds them, themselves in midwater or the dead marshes or Mordor, they'll. The reader and our hobbits will always be reflecting like, oh, I sure miss 
the Shire. You know, that's yeah, what they're yeah. doing all this for is to save the Shire. And their memories of the Shire is like, oh, wow, that was. <laughs> Can't we just go back to the Shire? Because, like, it was so nice, you know, yeah, so they make it yeah. they make it seem nice. Oh, and, and then Frodo's and, and, like didn't even keep watch the first night because, you know, he was still in the Shire and he just felt like this is my home. It's it's cozy. It's protected. There's nothing to worry about. So yeah. they're they're not even keeping watch, and that that ends very quickly. Yeah, um, was this before or after they they? Um, well, I know that that Frodo heard heard. Uh, he didn't know that he was here listening to a Black Rider at the time, but the, when the when he overheard the gaffer. Oh, when the gaffer, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He well, he knew someone was looking for him, so he was on yeah, his, yeah. on on alert. But I don't think he knew that pursuit was but like how, how how yeah how how actually dangerous like yeah. how much danger he actually he, in he, right he had no idea but he soon finds out right right um, i don't really have anything else like other than like you know like I said gandalf leaving was you know we pointed that out that i think he had every intention of right staying with, with the company so it would have been forced right. a crowd <laughs> right like if gandalf um, would have been there yeah yeah so I'm, I'm still curious, trying though. to get. Let's, let's speculate a little bit. Let's. Uh, so you're going to speculate? Well, then speculate. I mean, so what happens if, say, they wait till June? No, not June. So it's September 22nd. Gandalf's with them. Like, do they run into the uh, ring race right away? You know, I mean, because they're not taking the back roads. I mean, you know, so wait, granted, Gandalf stays with them in all the way till September, and then they leave. Yeah, yeah. Just say, oh. but like. When they left on September twenty second, it, it coincides with the fact that that the, the 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 ring race found the Shire. They found right. Baggins. They they right. came all the way to the door of Bag End. The thing is, I think I actually think it works better that they left without Gandalf, just because. No, it does. But everyone would be like, like, "Who's this wizard?" I thought I thought Frodo was just going to his new house in Crick Hollow or whatever. Like, well, I mean, look, they could play it off, like you know, because they they're like, okay, because everyone knew that Gandalf was holed up in uh, in in uh, yeah. Bag End. You know, they're like, oh, Gandalf's in the, you know, right? Strange things are afoot. He's the one who's behind the you know Frodo living, blah 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 blah. blah. Right, right. But um, I mean, again, like, what kind of story could it have been if Gandalf would have? Uh, um, you know, like left with them, and they ran ran into the ring race. I mean, Gandalf could open, like could could he he, he can fight off the ring race by himself, right? You know, like right. the weather top. But then, like, like if if they openly confronted the ring race, it just seems like things would escalate more quickly, and all, all the ring oh, yeah, race yeah. would be like Gandalf's here. Let's I don't know, like you know how like their whole plan to get into Mordor like sleuthfully, uh, yes. Like, Stealthily. Stealthily, sleuthfully, stealthily. Like, stealth, I think, served their purposes even early on in the Shire. Like, you know, yeah, don't yeah, want to yeah. go no, out with a big out. company and just like a few little hobbits. No one pays attention. And, but, yeah. So here we are. You're right. Uh, so they it was it was daytime. The sun was beginning to get low in the light of the afternoon. And that's when they ran into the, the first uh, encounter with the Black Rider. Which is, again struck me is because I always like thought that like, they come at you in the darkest of hours and they right you know, right scare the pants off you <laughs> like, in the Jackson movie he did that very well and he executed it like almost exactly how I saw it because he had them go to the left off the road and this yeah. 
describes it as they're taking a left-hand turn into a hollow by the by the roadside and just to see them like kind of cowering i, I don't know yeah. it was, that was a well it's very kind of vividly described here and uh jackson just yeah. kind of lifted it almost word for word like in terms of right what right exactly but, but you, you know that bakshi did that first like bakshi um like if you look at, at the, the ralph bakshi um uh-huh. it's pretty much the same thing yeah jackson like like almost like even angles in the shots he, oh, jackson wow. yeah they look Took, at it, like oh wow yeah, it's almost like, yeah. uh, and J- I think Jackson acknowledged that 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 was a nod to the uh, interesting to, to the cartoon. Yeah, I mean, I if you look at it, it's like, oh damn. Yeah. I mean, that's cool. But yeah, so like, because you know, obviously, I had read Lord of the Rings many times, and that it's a vivid scene. It's the first encounter with the Black Rider, and then when I saw it in the Jackson film, I was like, wow, that was good. Like the whole seeing that movie for the first time really was a thrill. Yes, um, yes. Unlike some other things that we've seen, the film, the the, the series that will not be named anymore. The series that will not be named, but it will be mocked. But um, yeah, this is like when 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 Frodo, like the the first sense of danger that Frodo has, mm-hmm. where he's like, wait a minute, I'm getting chased by who? Yeah, <laughs> you know, and the fact that 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 I do think that. The, this was like a device to, to 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 hurry them along towards Buckland, right? Safely, right? You know what I'm saying, and and kind of shake the the ring race. Yeah, know? yeah. And so. I think like it's interesting that Frodo, when he finds out that when he finds out the level of danger that he's in, when he starts to realize the level of danger that he's in, his first instinct is not like, "What have I done? Why have I brought this upon myself?" His first instinct is like, is to kind of protect his friends. Like, oh, I should go off alone. I don't want to get, you know. He had a line in there, something like, you know, it's bad enough to get my friends involved in like going hungry and going on a long, long walk and yeah, yeah, yeah. Sleeping, when, when. sleeping on tree branches or tree, tree roots For and two days. Di- discomfort. Yeah. But it's quite another thing to like subject my friends to these kind of real dangers. Um, I think he said he said permanent exile. Yeah, and permanent yeah. Exi- exile, but just like yeah. So I, th- but he he's already scheming like he wanted to kind of abandon them and get off and just go off on his own. Yeah, yeah. and so that when uh, conspiracy unmasked comes along, and they realize well actually his friends are one step ahead of him and are not because they're like looking out for him and spying on him. They're they're actually. N- they'd be less inclined to like let him go because they're already out of concern for him they're already like kind of going behind his back you know what i mean they're, they're like not gonna let him go that easily and they'll be like no we're 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 here we're gonna back you up yeah yeah yeah. you know yeah, what i mean okay real quick okay so uh, what how does this chapter end up i can't remember so, just so, gildor's I mean, kind of seeing them off Courage is found in unlikely places, said Gildor. Be of good hope. Sleep now in the morning. Let me make a quick point, though, here. Yeah. Um, so the one thing, though, that, that, that has remained with me my whole life, right, from this chapter. Yeah. Is um, take not the advice of elves because they will say both yes and no. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Like, right. Like the whole, like my whole philosophy of giving advice to people 
is directly informed by Three's company, you know? <laughs> like, by Gildor. Like the idea that, that, like, there's a lot of stuff that, that like, to me, like, like with Lord of the Rings, I'm like, oh, okay, that sounds like a good idea. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like, giving advice, like, like how many times have you given advice to somebody and it's just bit you on your ass? Oh, you right, know? yeah. Like, Man, so it says, and so is said. Answered Frodo, "Go not to the elves for counsel, for they will say both no and yes." Yeah, exactly. So Frodo said that he's. He, it sounds like he's well, heard it from somewhere. In some well, he probably heard it from Bilbo or you know, yeah, Gandalf. Yeah. I mean, but but the whole idea that 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 Gildor was like, uh, you know, you know, giving him. Okay, so yeah, it's interesting because like. Don't so they they're like doing these sayings to each other. Gildor starts by saying that Gandalf should be late. It doesn't bode well, but as it is said, but it is said, do not meddle in the affairs of wizards, for they are subtle and quick to anger, like you said. Right. And the choice is yours: go or wait. And then Frodo answers him. It's like almost they're playing almost a one-upsmanship of like, yeah, no, yeah. I got a quote for you, buddy. And it's also like, said, go not to the elves for counsel, for they will say both no and yes. And that's exactly what Gildor is saying. Like, yeah, go yeah. and wait. But but like you said, I always felt that that this kind of like uh, like what what this chapter did like again with Sam, it changed him. I think like not fundamentally, but it changed him to where it's like there's like more to this to this world than. Than the Shire and what it, it did with Frodo is it did set him up as a you know um, as a smart dude. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Like like he's not right. you know like 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 he 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 knows what to say. He knows the, the you know he knows he's the, diplomatic. The, yeah. 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 Which again is kind of like I think you know i mean i don't see you know there, there's a hierarchy there but it, it does kind of put frodo in a different category a than, leadership role yeah yeah right like for sam would not have said that no no right. no no right sam would have been like yeah, can, like can i have some more of this bread yeah this bread has a savor to it calling <laughs> <laughs> them conies yeah i know but yeah, it's like like again they're talking about the bread and and and, and yeah. you know what they what they have like you know a fair white loaf I'm like <laughs> that sounds delicious. <laughs> like I remember like like as a kid I'm like this thinking like God I want to go to England because they have the best food and realize you know like <laughs> most English food you know like the stereotypical bangers and mash and right you know, right like, right like, that's the stereotype stuff yeah. is like like you know my 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 grandma who's from England, or she was Irish, my, you know, my grandfather. They boiled everything. <laughs> <laughs>